0: We're still waiting to see whether a certain action by the president of the United States of America has created some other fallout. We know that the killing of Qasem Soleimani led to retaliation by Iran. That retaliation did not injure anyone. However, when that missile system appears to have still been left active... It appears to have shot down a passenger plane and almost 200 people died and the dominoes get connected. And as all of that was playing out last week, even before the crash of the passenger jet leaving Tehran, we had a lot of questions about where is this going? How far is this going to escalate? You have a couple of countries with nuclear arms. Where is this going? And the words World War III... Were spoken. And while they were spoken certainly in your workplace, they were also spoken on the schoolyard. And that's something that we've got to take a few minutes and we've got to address simply because if you have this happening on the schoolyard, you have a pretty difficult situation for a lot of families in that kids get worried, well, what's World War Three? I, I don't want World War III. So Samantha Kemp Jackson, who is a parenting expert, has put together some ideas on talking to kids about war that are probably useful for all of us. Talk to kids. Talk to us. Talk about war. And we had a chance to talk with Samantha, and we asked her if a child were to walk through a door after school, after hanging out with friends, and ask about World War III, what are the right things to do and to say?
1: Well, first of all, think about how frightening it is for uh, the prospect of war, especially if you're a younger person. Now, those of us who are older, we have the context and the wisdom of age to guide us through and not let things get to us too much. But if you're a young child, it's quite scary. Um, I grew up in the long time ago in the Stone Ages, and we still have the specter of the potential of nuclear war that we used to think about and be scared of back in the 70s and then that one away and now here we are in 2020 and we're worried about this possibly being, uh, you know, a reality. So in terms of parents talking to their kids, I think there's a number of things that we can do. First of all, I think it's really important to be open and prepared. So make sure that you know what's going on in the news so that you can preempt your child's questions because they are inevitably going to come to you with questions because we live in a digital world and they hear things on the, the playground, in the schoolyard, at school from their friends. So just make sure that you know what's going on. And also, I would say that when you do have those discussions with your kids, make sure that you're open and honest about what's going on. So there's, there's no room for, you know, fudging the truth or hiding things from your kids because we're just not in an era now that we can do that. They're going to find out anyway.
0: And that's a great point. The idea that, oh, don't worry about that. It's, it's okay. That's nothing. That's not going to fly for somebody who has any kind of social media account.
1: Well, absolutely, and let's face it, it doesn't even matter how young your children are, because they might not have a tablet or a phone, but their friends do, and they go to their friends' houses, or they hear things on the schoolyard playground. You know, I went to pick up my kids the other day, and most of the kids who were in grade 5 and grade 6 had phones, so with data on top of it. So they're surfing, they're finding things out, so you just have to be proactive. I also think it's important to provide context to kids, because they hear things, and they... Children, by definition, tend to think in absolute. So it's like, it's good or it's bad. It's war or it's peace. And sometimes that nuance and that gray area, i.e., you know, diplomatic relations, um, other political instances that are occurring, those things need to be put into context in having those discussions with your kids so that they understand that it's not a black and white situation. And there is always room for change or perhaps, hopefully, an aversion um, from, from going to war.
0: And that's just it. We're talking with Samantha Kemp Jackson. Samantha is a parenting expert. You can check out her podcast, Parenting Then and Now. And we're kind of looking at those discussions that you can have. And even if you don't have kids, I mean, this is stuff that's coming up in the workplace. You walk in and somebody says, well, here we go, another step toward World War 3 We've all heard it. But when it comes to kids and war, Samantha, you said it. the kids can kind of create in their own mind what they think war is. Uh, you know, you've got those children who are somewhere, or even young adults, who are somewhere around 18 years old, and all of a sudden they bring up the word conscription that they've been taught in history class. So, how do you deal maybe with something like that where they're thinking, hey, when uh, when World War One and Two happened, yeah, people my age, they got called to go?
1: Yeah, that's a very valid question, and it's a very a serious concern on the pa- on the part of kids and adults and their parents. So I would say that you know again, having that open discussion with them and talking to them about what is the likelihood of this happening. Let's face it, most people, most citizens in North America and around the world, do not want a war to occur. Now, granted, there are you know um, politically warring factions that are um, leading up to a potential war, but I think that we're we're more likely to have um, an instance where you know both parties stand down as opposed to moving forward, and the likelihood of our children being conscripted into this potential war. I think it's still kind of remote, and I think that that's what I would kind of promote to my children. Uh, That being said, I think it's really important to talk to your kids um, honestly. Tell them that you don't have all the answers, because, you know, as parents, we want to fix everything. We want to comfort our kids, which is what we do, but we don't always have answers. And I think that what we owe our kids is just honesty in that, yes, I don't think that this is going to happen, but... I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that I don't have all the answers. And you know what? I, I'm as much in the dark as you are, but irrespective of that fact, I'm here for you. I will comfort you and we'll get through
0: this. And that open discussion, if parents don't really have that open discussion with their kids, what if you're, your child is 13 and 14 and you're finding that, you know, we don't talk very much and I don't know how to talk to my kids. Is it important to be the one who starts the conversation?
1: Well, yeah, I think that's a really good question. And the the fact of the matter is, let's face it, teenagers don't like talking to their parents. (laughs) At least when I was a teenager, I didn't when I was 13 and 14. And I have a 16-year-old, and she doesn't really like talking to me either. However, you know, I've found a way to kind of circumvent the, the... morose um ignorance of children ignoring their parents you know when you're going to pick them up from hockey practice or you're going to drop off at school or you're you know going shopping you're not really maintaining eye contact with them because i notice that that's when they don't want to talk to you that's often when they open up so you could be driving the car and it's really casual You don't set up this formal environment where you say, okay, Johnny, I want to sit down with you and let's have a talk about geopolitical concerns. No, you know, you pick up your kid from school and you say, hey, how was your day going? Or, hey, you're going to the mall, you're driving your your daughter, your teenage daughter, to the mall, you say, hey, you know, I'm dropping you off, what are you going to buy today? And, hey, what what have your friends been talking about? Have you heard about what's going on in the news? And oftentimes I find that that is an instance whereby they will open up a little bit more, because they don't feel the pressure, they don't feel that they're put on the spot, and they don't really have to show you uh, the concern that they have by sitting down in a formal discussion environment.
0: How do you know, and this may be an an unanswerable question, because everybody's a little bit different, but... How do you know if your child is maybe being affected by anxiety that's coming from something like this, something they haven't talked about, something they haven't found out about? I mean, this could affect young children, uh, an 8-year-old, a 7-year-old, who hears something at school about, well, the world's going to end now, and, and they just don't tell anybody about it. What signs should you look for?
1: Well, again, it's it's all about behavior. I mean, children, especially the younger children, they're pretty transparent in terms of their emotions. They haven't learned yet how to kind of hide what they're feeling, to put on a game face. Usually when you're talking about a five- or a six-year-old or even younger, when they're upset, they're upset. You know, we all know about toddler tantrums and meltdowns and, and that type of thing. So you can usually tell. When they get a little bit older and they've learned how to kind of mask their feelings, there are still indications. So you still might see them perhaps withdraw a little bit, depending on the child. Other children will act out. Other children will have behavior that indicates that they are concerned about something, but they don't know how to convey that concern. And that's our role as parents in terms of finding out what that is and asking those questions. So I, you know, I would always kind of encourage, you know, facilitating a discussion, whether it's in the car or picking them up, as I said previously, or maybe when you're sitting down at the dinner table and, you know, hey, what's going on? So what did you hear today? What are you guys doing? You know, having those dinner time discussions uh, that are, um, devoid of having devices at the table, that's the first thing, um, but secondly, asking them, you know, what did you hear today? What did you do? You know, did you, did you hear anything about what's happening in the news? Or you might have heard this word or that word, or you might have heard, what, I- Iran or the Middle East? What did you hear? And, you know, having a couple of key words to kind of segue into a discussion that might help the kid.
0: Great tips. Samantha, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure.
0: That is parenting expert Samantha Kemp Jackson.